0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 257 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thanks for hanging out here. Now, before I introduce today's guest, I I wanted to just tease this a little bit because a number of months ago, I came across this, this ad, I think it was on Instagram where I first ever saw it, for liquid death water. And if you have not heard of liquid death water, where have you been? Take a moment now and go to Instagram and look up liquid death um, to see what you've been missing. But I came across this and this ad was a picture of the can of the water. And what first caught my attention is the branding because it's like heavy metal, skulls flying, liquid death is the name of the water. And then you realize afterwards that it's water still and sparkling water. I was like okay this is incredible this this water brand has this heavy metal design and aesthetic that's crazy um and then i started reading through the copy of this ad and they were highlighting facebook comments that were sort of bashing the brand or you know calling out the brand for being too much or overkill or something like that and that i thought was hilarious it was incredible. So right away, I got into looking, who is the creative, like who is putting this stuff together? Who are the creative minds behind this stuff? And in that search, I came across today's guest. So today's guest is Alex Lang. His title, no joke, this is exactly his title, Director of Visual Propaganda at Liquid Death. He's also a graphic designer and creative consultant and under uh, Destroy Design. During this episode, we talk a lot about augmented reality because that is a spot where Alex is really interested in and really pushing the boundaries and and keeping an eye on that space and always creating and testing in that space. We also talk about an advertising design gig that he had, what he learned there, and why it ended up just not being a fit for him. He then tells us about the food chain logo and artwork that he did um, that didn't land It just completely didn't land. It ended up with a a battle with the creative director. And um, ultimately, it should have gone with Alex's idea. Come on. He also shares with us some augmented reality projects, why he is so proud of them, as well as the very first time he ever transformed a building into something or had a design show up on a building all in augmented reality, sort of like this AR uh, vandalism sort of thing. Now, we also get into talking about an album that was put together for Liquid Death called Greatest Hates, the story behind that, where the album came from, and uh, it's awesome, a cracker of a story. But enough from me, let's get to today's guest. So ladies and gentlemen, let's kick it over to him, Mr. Alex Lang. Here we go.
1: Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So are you ready
0: for a Quickie? Alex, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you, man?
1: Hey, I'm doing good, man. It's good to be here. appreciate you having me on.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we could line this up. I kept seeing this amazing creative work that not only made me burst out laughing, but just like I sat back speechless because of how incredible it was. And just the, the I don't know if the right word is like the sheer audacity of posting things like that and and sort of the curve on like the Facebook ads and stuff, because that's really where I first started seeing stuff about what I should say now is liquid death and um, sort of taking like the the worst facebook comments and putting them up there as part of the ad i just uh, killed me i absolutely loved it
1: yeah man it's uh i mean we took that one step further too instead of just calling out in our ads which is fun but we also made a couple albums that are on spotify and they were printed on vinyl with the actual taking those comments like just those evil like nasty hate comments that the internet yeah. is full of and taking those and making using them as lyrics. And then we made like this like death metal album, which had like <laughs> some legit death metal artists in it too. Like uh the dude from Arsis, another guy from Gruesome. And uh so put that out, put it on vinyl. That's greatest hates volume one. And then we did Greatest Hates Volume Two, which is like a straight punk album, and that had like yeah, folks from Bomb Pops, Lawrence Arms, Alkaline Trio, Anti flag so and a bunch of others. Uh yeah, it's rad, dude. It's fun to to kind of like spin those hate comments back on them or use them as like a marketing tool.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. Using it as a marketing tool. I freaking love that. That's the best. So, but before I get too far into this, Alex, yep. most importantly, are you ready for a quickie? Yeah, let's go. I saw the glimmer in your eye. I'll believe it. <laughs> well, let's kick it over to you, man. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself.
1: Yeah. Hey, so I'm Alex. I, uh, right now I kind of run design in art direction at Liquid Death uh, as the... Director of Visual Propaganda. I've been there for almost like a year now. I uh, kind of jumped in the board when the brand was like really starting to become a brand, right? Yeah. Um, so I kind of jumped in to be like, well, what does this look like now that we're going into retailers and, you know, mm-hmm. starting to get the product out there? That's kind of where I jumped in and jumped on board. And uh, But besides that, I do a lot of design outside of that, a lot of freelance work um, under destroying design, which is... Mm-hmm. Uh, the company that I also run on the side. So we do a lot of like just creative consulting in that. And then a lot of augmented reality work as well uh, for, you know, agencies, ad agencies and sometimes direct to client. So we do a lot of just like creative stuff on the side when I'm not
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: murdering thirst.
0: <laughs> when you're not murdering thirst. oh, we had to drop the tagline. <laughs> 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 Beautiful. Um, tell me a little bit about the augmented reality because that's pretty, pretty new. Like, I guess new might not be the right word, but it's starting to get more and more mainstream and with sort of my background in the print industry, I'm interested to hear sort of where you're taking it and how it's all coming together for you guys.
1: Yeah, so AR is a pretty interesting space to play. I started jumping into it like a few years ago, mm-hmm. but the concept of it's been around for a while, I mean, there's even books going back you know, in like the early 80s and like necromancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, neuromancer. (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, there's been books around forever about it. But now we're really starting to see it like take form and shape and be like a tool that we see a lot, Mm -hmm. right? A lot where you're seeing now is kind of like face filters on Instagram and Snapchat, whereas that's cool and all. But to me, it like always feels like a gimmick even though we do a lot of that work ourselves, but what really excites me about the augmented reality work is when the camera is facing the world Mm -hmm. instead of your face. Yes. Uh, So now you're augmenting the world around you and that opens up like endless creativity. Right. So I kind of look at AR as more of like a tool in the creative belt. Um, And it's kind of like this wild West. It's really untapped. A lot of creative folk haven't hit it yet. It's more Mm -hmm. in the, the developer, like, stage Mm. where they're just kind of learning like what can we do Mm -hmm. and then when um then it comes to us as creatives and we're like how can we implement this and be creative with it and use it as like a new medium right i almost Mm -hmm. see it as like the digital paintbrush in a way
0: yeah, and sort of where where I'm most interested in how it works is like you said, not when it's, you know, your face, but when it's out there, when it's facing the world. So you think of, you know, putting it back into my print category, you know, sending a direct mail to some target customers that includes some of that augmented reality, whatever it is, whatever you decide as a brand. But what is I I almost think that there's no direct easy tool right now for the customer to interact with that. There's no standard across, you know, North America that phones are built with or things that I'm aware of.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's a different ways in, you know, for this, I mean, of course there's the QR code, which has just Mm -hmm. had its revival um, in (laughs) the past couple of years. Um, you know, we laugh about it a lot because I think we both remember way back in the day when it was like first showed up and we all thought it was a joke. We're not putting a QR code on our design. Yeah. Um, but now it's like a functional thing. You know, mm-hmm. people are, they understand what it is and how to use it, which is the most important part. Yeah. Um, but then also with, with AR, I mean, we don't even need to use a QR code anymore. It's just a matter of point your phone at the art the whatever the print is um and then the experience comes to life which takes that design to a whole other level Mm -hmm. you know that's when things really get interesting so for instance like yeah it could be like a print piece but it could also be a mural it could be you know like graffiti anywhere um like for instance in austin we have this mural uh it's like the welcome to austin mural Mm -hmm. and uh like i took that mural and i AR'd it, basically. So when any when anybody uses their phone and goes over to that mural and they point it at it, the whole thing comes to life and it starts animating and, like, the letters pop out and start dancing. Um, but, you know, it's also fun because I didn't get, like, permission to do that. It's, <laughs> like, it's like AR uh, almost like vandalism or graffiti in a way.
0: AR vandalism.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that kind of stretches... I mean that's a whole other conversation but yeah it uh we're like it's back we're in the wild west where they are right yeah, now and it's really west. it's a fun place to be
0: love it so i want to kick this back in time a little bit more for you alex and i want to hear about what your childhood was like do you feel that you had a creative childhood that pointed you down this career path
1: i mean i'd say that it probably fell into my lap it wasn't as much of like, I came from a creative family. Mm I mean, my mom is a professor at a university. My dad is a lawyer. Um, he was in the air force. I was a military brat, so i lived all over the U S right. I mean, there was nothing inherently creative there from my upbringing, Mm -hmm. but I started listening, you know, to a ton of music and that was really always my thing is music. And through that, I think is where I started, you know, learning about like design and art through another art form. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was looking at album art, which is, which always inspired me. I, even as a kid, when I go into the record stores with like my dad, I would just pick things off the shelf based on the album art. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was really inspired as a kid just by like crazy, weird, colorful stuff. I remember one of the first albums I ever picked out myself was um, Americana by The Offspring, um, just because of that album art that had like that kid with the brace on their leg on the swing, yeah. and they're they're holding that like nasty bug as like a pet, <laughs> like it's a cat. And I was like, that is so killer, um, and it's a great album too. And it, so it kind of started there, just like, and luckily, like a lot of the bands I listened to, you know, growing up was a lot of punk music and rock and metal. And they really champion art and design with their Mm -hmm. album stuff. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of easy to fall in love with, you know, creativity by just surrounding yourself with that. And then through that, I started getting more into like designers and artists. And so that's where I started learning more about like uh, one of my biggest inspirations, which you'd never be able to see in the the art that I do is like Mooka. Alphonse Mucha, um, it's just like, you know, that's the beginning of advertising in a way of what we know it, but like pure letting the art and creativity be the driving force behind the advertising,
0: Mm -hmm. not as
1: much like the concept and message. It was Mm -hmm. just like, that looks sick. I want to buy that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's just sort of creating an an emotion and a feeling in visual rather than, you know, reading something or, you know, feeling something or some other sense, right?
1: Yeah, because I mean, back then you didn't have all the tools you have today, so you kind of got to go yeah. based on like visceral
0: emotion, for sure. Yeah. So you're you're buying these albums, you're immersed in this music, you're sort of around that kind of creativity, and music is a, is sort of one of the most music and skate culture. Those are like the two most common gateways to the design world that I hear about that I've seen. Um, when does design become real for you? Does, does somebody like light your design fire? Was it a teacher, a counselor, or aunt or uncle? Like when does that become real?
1: Yeah. So in like middle school to high school, I was in bands and somebody had to design, you know, the logo yep. and the art and yep. the merch and all that. Like somebody had to do it and nobody else in my band wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just picked up. Corel paint shop which was like a program of choice back then yeah. um and just started making stuff and it was a lot of fun and people dug it and then as soon as i got like that like that first nugget of someone was like that's cool i was like oh snap i'm doing something cool <laughs> and now, so then i kind of like wanted that itch again to like make other cool things mm-hmm. and um So, I started doing work for like other bands as well at the time. And this wasn't like amazing work or anything. It was just, you know, putting together some stuff. And that kind of led to just building this portfolio, which that wasn't the goal, but it Mm kind of just naturally happened of working with a bunch of bands and making merch and all this. And then, you know, at some point, I had to be like, what am I doing with my life? And I mm-hmm. never knew that design or what I was doing was a career. It just seemed like a fun thing to do. Like
0: and I was making having art, fun. making cool stuff.
1: Yeah. And then then I kind of I went – I learned about this college called SCAD, which is Savannah College of Art and Design in Georgia.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I can't even remember how I learned about the college – but i knew about savannah really well cuz some of my favorite bands were from savannah nice like baroness uh black tusk circle takes a square uh kylesa you know all these like kind of i don't even know what kind of sludge metal bands <laughs> <laughs> you know from from like georgia are they're pumping music out so i was like oh so i could i could go to school for graphic design but also you know be in a band and like start a band in the place that all my favorite bands came from i was like you know that sounds awesome to just be around that of course Mm -hmm. like as soon as i got there like the scene had been dead for like 10 years and like nobody told me so (laughs) um, but i was still in bands but then that's when i was really like pursuing it as i was like oh this could be a job someday so i was Mm kind of like parallel doing both missing a lot of classes as a result but uh, you know, eventually it all kind of steered into the design yeah. world. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Figuring it out, working your way toward it. Um, yeah. So on this journey in this path to, you know, being where you are now, is there any design or um, piece of art or illustration or anything, any sort of design that you would call the most influential of your life so far? Something that you saw and has just stuck with you since?
1: Man, I mean, it's gotta be the, the music stuff, man. It's Mm -hmm. like a lot of gig posters really like blew my mind. You know, I had, I had like some friends, some guitar teachers back in the day who were really like hippie guys who love jam bands, you know, and they, the, the studios would be covered in gig posters. So you'd see like, you know, of course, like a ton of grateful dead stuff and Mm fish and, I, mean, I don't listen to those bands personally, but they know what they're doing when it comes to art mm-hmm. you know they really champion art and design so those are usually like some of the really big influences and then back to what you're saying about skate culture you know a lot of that work really stood out to me as a kid a lot mm-hmm. of like um, you know just skateboard graphics uh, a lot of what girl was doing and element um, yeah and like Peralta and you know, all the classics, like that was always really interesting to me. Cause I was like, you have this shape, like the skateboard shape and it's like, how do you design to that weird looking dimensions that no, yep. nothing else is ever like
0: that. <laughs> no, um, exactly. <laughs> it's
1: uh, yeah, it's a lot of that stuff, man. It's, um, it's always inspiring and it still is just to look at it because I don't do gig posters much and I don't, <laughs> I've never done a skateboard, but I still look at them for inspiration. Yeah.
0: yeah. Definitely. So with this, I was sort of moving from, you know, influential actual pieces into more people and brands. Who are some of the designers and brands that you look up to and closely follow right now? And what about them do you like?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is going to sound lame, but I was a fan of liquid death before I started working at liquid death. I was yep. a huge fan. In fact, just yesterday I found, a post that I did on Facebook from like two years ago. That was the very first time I bought liquid death online and it showed up. I took a photo of it and I was like, I think I just said like, this is cool or something. Yeah. And, um, but it was like a testament to like, I always thought that brand was rad and doing cool things even then Mm -hmm. before I was a part of it. So like, and now that I'm there, I'm surrounded by, you know, these folks that initially got me really excited and stoked on the work they're doing. And just to be a part of it is really wild. So I kind of look up to everybody that I work with that like started like the very beginning of this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then besides like the, the place I work at <laughs> and the work that I do, which sounds super egotistical. But <laughs> besides <laughs> that, it's uh, like I really love uh, right now is like Mike Giant. who's uh, like one of the OGs. Uh, Mike Giant is he's just doing super rad stuff in that space. Um, there's a lot of artists kind of in that, uh, that street culture uh, kind of work like Mike giant or uh pose, you know, a lot of that street art and then for a brand, you know, liquid Death's like kind of like a bizarro enigma brand right we can kind of do whatever we want yeah and you don't see like a ton of brands and that's what like gets me excited when you see a brand that's kind of like that fuck you attitude yes and you don't you never see it because they want to you know make sales or their audience isn't ready for that it's a hard thing to switch to as well but when you
0: start that way
1: yeah that's when it's like you've really like set yourself up for success when you start that way. So a lot of those, like, even back when I was a kid, like looking at like big brother magazine, like to me, that's like an essential one of those kind of, you know, right out of the gate, you know, or like mad magazine. Um, but (laughs) this gets out weird, but one of the brands that's really doing it a lot right now is Denny's. Really? And, And if you haven't followed Denny's on Instagram, I highly suggest you look at it because Somebody over at Denny's, some higher up, basically gave their kid their Instagram page and was just like, go for it. <laughs> it. It's hilarious. Definitely check it out.
0: Okay, so Denny's is making moves right now. That's fantastic. They're
1: the next big brand.
0: <laughs> right on, man. Well, before I move into some of the tough questions about um, challenging times and mistakes in your career, um, <laughs> I want to pull up your Instagram on screen here, pick a couple of posts out of there um, at complete random, not prepared for this and, and just sort of get the story behind it. What's what went into it? What um, just, what's the story behind it? So let's get that up here. Yep. All right. So your Instagram is at destroy dot design, man, so many ways we can go with this. <laughs> okay. Cause I think this touches, I think I saw this earlier. Oh man, there's so many things here. okay, we'll start with we'll start with this one here,
1: yeah, so that's the uh that's the record for greatest hates volume two yep. that's our um our hate comments album.
0: oh, it's greatest hates yeah. oh, that's amazing <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is just a fun one. so I worked on the layout design for this one. uh we got a really rad artist to do the cover, although I'm blanking on his name right now, but mm-hmm. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll, I'll hit you back up when I remember. But yeah. the art is amazing. It's super rad. And um, yeah, I worked on the layout on the back and kind of like helped with all the packaging on this one. This is one yeah. of the first things I worked on, actually, at Liquid Death. Um, yeah. But you know, the idea is like Liquid Death is being executed on the front, like the can. It's like this <laughs> old like French revolution thing uh, going on. <laughs> Um, So then we kind of like brought that into the back art and onto the, uh, the stickers on the vinyl. Yeah. That concept. Yeah. That's a fun one.
0: That's so fun. And and like you said, it's just kind of that, like, you know, people are, people who are hating on the brand publicly are helping you produce marketing content to further grow the company. Like it's just like this amazing circle.
1: Yeah. It's like the, the best, response, you know, it's like, <laughs> Oh, you think you got us? Like, check this out. Now we're using yeah. all your hate.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. The other one. Um, so I had, i have I'd, I'd been watching liquid brand and following your stuff on LinkedIn. And then I was also following and enjoying the stuff from Mark Ribier the or uh, loop daddy he calls himself. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I saw him post something. No, I think I might have saw it on your LinkedIn where you shared it, where I saw him, which is his sort of like setup and scenery and outfit is like instantly recognizable once you see it. And then I saw Liquid Death there. I'm like, what did they get him to do? No way.
1: Yeah. So Mark was a fan of the brand even before that. Um, Yeah. And, you know, he was always stoked. And he's had Liquid Death in a lot of his videos, um, you know, without us even asking him to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we kind of, a lot of people would tag us in his posts and be like, liquid that, Mark sick. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just felt like a supernatural pairing. What was fun with that is like, with that, with, when we work with Mark and a lot of other folks, it doesn't feel natural to kind of pretend like it's not an ad. Yeah. You know? And so on YouTube, if you look at the title of that video, it just says in all caps, this is an advertisement. <laughs> so it's very like upfront. Everybody yeah. knows what's going on, so they, it doesn't feel like slimy or weird that he's doing this. It's yeah. like you know we're working together because we both like love what we're what each other are doing. So yeah, it's like a supernatural pairing. But man, that was so funny that whole so, video.
0: So with that, just sticking with that for a second. You know, what? I should just pull up the visual on the screen here, and then I'll kick back to the Instagram. Uh, would that be on Liquid Death YouTube? Is that the best spot to find it? Yeah,
1: it's on there too.
0: Okay. Um, but what I loved about it is that, or sorry, when you guys coordinated that, did you sort of give him a script or an idea, or did you just like here's some cans, we'd like a commercial or, or an ad, we'd go to town.
1: Yeah, I mean, we were just like, do your thing. <laughs> do the mark thing you know just
0: do the mark thing because
1: <laughs> it's like if it's going to be on his channel you know and to his audience as well mainly yeah that we want it to be entertaining for them yeah so we can't feel like it's like this whole liquid death thing like mark knows what his audience is and what what they love so we don't want to mess with that and yeah. we love what mark does so we don't want to mess with that either
0: you know yeah exactly I can't find it on the liquid death page. So I'm just going to pull it up here. Here It is a murder your thirst video. Yeah. Liquid death marker. <laughs> murder your thirst. So I'll just pull out the video. I'm not going to play the video, but yeah. I'll I'll just pull it up so people can see sort of what we're talking about. But yeah. I, I saw it and I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This is like one of my dreams, like to have him like promote a product that I thought was amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. And then, like, when you watch the video, there's some, the end is really nuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's just spirals. And, yeah. I'm it just spirals. Um, it starts off amazing just with his content. And then just goes to that place where you were hoping it was going to go to.
1: <laughs> and like, the beat is super fire. Like, yes, I was just listening to this just as like a song on repeat. Yeah, when I heard it, it's
0: <laughs> just amazing. Maybe the next album would be a yeah. bon- oh, bonus track. Killer would that be? Bonus track in the next album. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Beauty man. Okay, we'll go back to Instagram here because there was a number of things that I wanted to. I'll just pick maybe I'll just pick one more. Forced yeah. to pick one more. Um. No, I'll do two. So, really quickly, I want to do this one because I think this sort of touches on that augmented reality that we were talking about before.
1: Yeah. So, uh, this one. So, when I how I kind of got the job at Liquid Death is I was doing a lot of this type of work. Yeah. Um, where I, where it started with was um, I wanted to change the facades of buildings. You know, this goes back to like. The world changing instead of your face. Yep. And I just saw that there was an opportunity here, and no one had really hit on it yet to like change buildings around us. Mm-hmm. Um. And I did a bunch of them and posted them on LinkedIn. Like I did McDonald's into McDowell's from Coming to America. Um. Cluck, uh, Taco Bell into a Cluckin Bell from Grand Theft Auto, and um, I always forget the oh uh, Los Pollos Hermanos from Breaking Bad. Uh, yep. To like KFC to that. Um, so I was doing like a bunch of that just for fun, but uh, you know the our CEO Mike at Liquid Death saw it and he was stoked on it. So we just started talking, and that's how it happened. But then, uh, you know, I wanted to take that and like, what does that look like in Liquid Death if we did it as a brand? So this is kind of how we do it. So when we have, you know, we got into Walmart recently in all of Texas, mm-hmm. and this was just kind of like the announcement video, right? That we were like, we're in Walmart and then this is what we posted on social so it's like a building takeover
0: of it <laughs> i love it with sort of like the the mascot a giant mascot at the top
1: yeah man and it took me so long to get this video i was at walmart probably like 10 days um, just like going back and forth cuz some the ar tech is pretty finicky uh, yep. and it's not supposed to be doing this we're kind of yep. hacking it a little bit so yep. it's like if the if it was like If the weather was bad, it wouldn't work. If it was too sunny, it wouldn't work. So I had to keep going back to this Walmart and trying it out. Eventually we got it, but I'm never going to Walmart again.
0: (laughs) You're done. (laughs) Or at least
1: that Walmart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're instantly recognizable. Okay. No more of you. You've been in here. You've been out here again.
1: (laughs) Yep.
0: Awesome. So let's kick it back in time a little bit more. Yeah. Um, All right. let's Let's do this one.
1: Yeah, this was a killer one. I had a lot of fun with this one. So this was the brief was we have we need a gift card, and that was it. Okay. Um, but with Liquid to we're very much you know, if you've ever seen our stuff, we're uh, we're not into plastic, whatsoever. Yep. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a huge part of why the cans come in aluminum, right? Yeah. Um, it's infinitely infinitely recyclable, aluminum. Uh, we're trying to help the planet at least just a little bit. Um, so when we were doing gift cards, it was naturally that they needed to be made out of metal. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sweet because like you have like, you know, like your metal Amex, which I don't have, uh, probably no, not no. a ton of people do, but, um, it's such a premium feel, right? So it was just like, oh, not only is this like not plastic, but it's also super cool and really premium feeling. Yeah. So we did, a. Uh, yeah, we did this gift card then it's all metal and it's people are now just buying it just because it's cool just to have in their wallet. Um, but it's like, it's heavy, it's dense. And, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It was kind of like, how do we make like the liquid death credit card in a way is kind of the approach we went for it, but keep it like really minimal, really premium and clean, which is kind of like, honestly, the philosophy behind a lot of liquid death stuff that we do um, which is why you'll never really see liquid death being d- from the design aesthetic, really grungy mm-hmm. and like punk rock. You know, there's, we never use textures or anything like that. And it's all like very on purpose. And we try to keep the brand like premium. Um, and then, so that makes the product even more ridiculous. Like yeah. It's like, it's water and like a, a death metal logo. And there's a skull <laughs> on it, but we yes. present it like it's a premium product. Yeah. Um, but it is a premium product. I mean, if, if we really want to go down the water route, which we don't have to, but from a design aesthetic, that's kind of how we always roll. We want this stuff to look like, you know, Mm -hmm. what is like the most premium way that we could design like a gift card. And that that's the mentality we do for everything that we design. (laughs)
0: That's so cool. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, man. Thank you so much for sharing some of the Instagram stuff. Um, totally. Unfortunately, Alex, now I got to get into some of the tough stuff. <laughs> All right. So first up, what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it?
1: Yeah, it was tough, man. most of my career before, before Liquid Death was not awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, I was in advertising for a very long time. Uh, in the ad agency world and that wasn't my goal to go into advertising it just was the first job out of college that mm-hmm. worked out um you know i went to school as a designer and i was like oh i'm going to be doing like packaging and um you know i really love digital work like digital is a huge thing for me i mean you could tell with all the ar stuff yeah. I was because like, oh, i'm going to be making like cool digital experiences and um you know just like being a designer, designer. But mm-hmm. I quickly learned out of college that it's like going straight into that. You got to do a lot of like freelance work and kind of almost start your own thing unless you get like a really killer job right out of school. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went right into advertising and I didn't know what that even was really because I'm surrounded by people who they went to school for advertising and they like live breathe commercials and TV ads and you know, all that. And I just did not care. (laughs) I don't know. I don't really understand that person either. A lot of my friends are that way and I just don't get it. But (laughs) I did that for a while and I I came in as a designer and then uh, quickly realized as a designer in the ad world that you're basically told what to design and you don't have a lot of say in it Mm -hmm. Um, because there's an art director Uh, and a creative director above you and they're kind of making what does this campaign look like for the client Um, like the big idea and then the design has to fit into their big idea but because they came up with that big idea this is now their baby and the design has to look like what they want it to look like yeah and it's a rough place to be is like a designer or an artist to have to be in that environment. So I switched and I went art direction because I was like, well, at least I get to design my own ideas. Yeah. Right. And, and then I knew how to work with designers um, whenever I, you know, whenever we would collaborate me as an art director, cause I came from that. So I knew I was like, yeah, you do your thing and then we'll see if it fits in, you know, instead yeah. of like me just telling you what to do. And then, so I kind of, I grew up or I grew up, but, I went through the whole advertising thing and in agencies, and it was awful, man. <laughs> I just did not enjoy it. I got yeah. to work with some cool clients, you know, and I made some cool work, but the day to day and process was brutal. Yeah, and um, it it was like the antithesis of of being creative. Uh, yeah, the end result is creative <laughs> in a way, but you should have seen what it looked like before it got there. It was a lot better. Um, And there's so many gatekeepers and people in the way of just making Mm -hmm. this thing be a thing that it's just like life sucking to me personally. I mean, I know people who like thrive in that environment and more, more power to them. If you can, if you love it, go for it. But um, I think like one of the big challenging things for me in that world was uh, I went to McCann which is an agency, like, one of the biggest ad agencies in the world. Yep. It was, like, I think it was the evil villain in Mad Men. <laughs> like, that was the agency. And yeah. I worked at, like, a subsidiary of Mechanic called MRM, but we were, like, in the same building in New York right. City. Um, and I was working on Verizon, and I was, like, a puppet to, like, telemarketing, (laughs) it was insane. And um, I was making banner ads, like a ton of banner ads. It was not creative. The ads I was making was like black background, white headline, and then a button that said, learn more. And I was cranking these things out. And I was like, it was was so hard. Like I was, this is not what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was like going through a moment where I was like, is this my life? Am I gonna be, am I like a banner guy? (laughs)
0: Is this- <laughs> the banner guy
1: and like you know because i would tell people like yeah i want a digital job and they're like oh banners i'm like no not banners but you know i made a lot of mistakes not knowing anything about advertising and just mm-hmm. jumping to like you know oh mccann like that's a place and it seems like it's huge and then you get there and it's not creative and i mean what i was doing wasn't creative and yeah. i was very close to just saying like f it and mm-hmm just leaving all of it behind, Uh, but instead, I just said F it to New York um, and then went to Austin. Um, I mean, I love New York, but I just needed a huge change. So I went to a really, uh, you know, kind of a small ad agency in Austin that Mm -hmm. I knew I could kind of like, I wouldn't be working 80-hour weeks and I could kind of like reevaluate what is my life and what am I doing Mm -hmm. while like still making a salary, but kind of figuring it out figuring yeah. myself out as a designer. Um, yeah. And then that led me to where I am now. So I think it was yeah. a good move.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it sort of by making that move, you almost created the time to figure out what, what you really wanted to be doing and where, what direction you wanted to pursue, you know, within that design umbrella under that design umbrella. Right.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I think it's like all of us who are designers, um, or even artists, like, you want to kind of like develop a style or just make the kind of art that you want to make. Mm-hmm. And then people will pay you for that. Yeah, That was really where I was trying to like figure out. Mm-hmm. It's like, what is that thing? What do I have? And I kind of started realizing it, it wasn't the art style. Like what does my designs look like? Yeah, uh, Because I'm always inspired by everybody. So, you know, and even as an art director, we're kind of chameleons or working in advertising, like I'll work on one brand and then another brand. So you kind of like, you don't have a style. You just have to adapt to what that is. And, um, but for me, once I kind of took a step back and was like, what is my style? I realized it was actually like more like doing the unexpected what people haven't really seen before, especially Mm -hmm. with like AR really helped. So it was kind of more like the idea and the concept behind it, less about like, you know, the, is this a unique style?
0: Yeah. no, For sure. So Alex with this next one, I want to get a little bit more specific. Can you take us to a specific design or project that you were a part of that did not go well, did not bring the desired result? Um, what was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story?
1: Yeah. (laughs) So that's an interesting question because I was just I don't want to say confronting, but I was just talking to a person about this who's very heavily involved in this. Yes, last night over some drinks. Um, so I worked on Pizza Hut for a hot minute at my last ad agency in Austin. Yeah, and um, we were we were we were rebranding Pizza Hut back to the OG logo. Yeah. So they used to have this one that looked like like a sauce. Like sauce just fell on a table, and somebody like with their finger just wrote Pizza Hut. <laughs> that was like their old logo, and uh, it wasn't great. No offense to whoever made it. <laughs> <laughs> I know your pain. I know it didn't look like your sketches, <laughs> um, but it was a um, yeah. So we were just going back to the OG look, right? We were really hitting nostalgia was like a thing at uh-huh. the time. It still kind of is, but um yeah it was big things so we we're like oh we'll just go back to the og way and kind of harken back to those days of you know when pe- people loved pizza hut.
0: <laughs> when life was simpler <laughs> that's
1: right yeah and um, so we were trying to figure out like what does that look like and i was stoked on it because i loved pizza hut when i was a kid and i was yeah. like oh this is a cool opportunity they
0: had the best crust as a, as a kid I distinctly remember and then on Sundays they did um the pizza pizza buffet or all you could eat pizza. <sighs> Amazing. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Yeah, the crust was like juicy. At the t- now I realize that that's grease. But as a kid it's like yes, juicy crust. What is this
0: delicious crust <laughs> juice?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, we were trying to figure out like what is that? What does that look like in like, you know, in the two thousands, instead of like, whenever, like 1980s into like Mm -hmm. the Mm nineties, what does that look like now? How can we kind of show that the brand is like, yeah, we're, we're throwing it back. We realized that we were dope back then. Like, so we, we hit on that, but also where are we going in the future? It's kind of like a hard thing to nail, but you know, that's what we were going for. Mm -hmm. And um, I was having the hardest time Working on this is like a designer and art director because I wanted to go like total throwback. Yeah, I want to be like you know, oh, remember the remember this, remember that, remember like and kind of bringing those design elements into just like everything, like signage. Like why not have a uh, like the lamps that were hanging above the tables, those yes. sweet stained glass ones. Yeah, you know, I want to like pull all that stuff and. You know, everyone was cool with that, but there was this one guy that I'll keep nameless who just like insisted this was like his moment to like make a decision. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm sticking by this decision throughout everything, even if everybody tells me it sucks. And it was, um, uh, we have to shoot everything on white, everything has to be shot on white. So if you have a pizza, background's white, like infinite background white and you know the pizza the the boneless wings the whatever everything has to be shot on white and i was like dude that is not helpful that is not at all where my head was going i wanted like i wanted like the checkerboard table with like in the background is like a blurred out like the restaurant it looks like that's what i wanted for the print ads and and even the tv spots and all that and then this creative director just wouldn't stop like it has to be on white and i'm like you're It doesn't make sense. Like pizza, if you want like the cheese pull, you know, that every Pizza Hut every pizza Mm -hmm. ad has, yeah, you're gonna try to look at cheese on a white background. It's gonna, you're not even gonna see it or like steam on a pizza, but you won't see the steam, yeah. Um, and uh, so for probably like every day for about six months. I complained about this white background and then um, we shipped all the work and then the pizza hut CMO hated it. <laughs> it was a mess. It was yeah. awful. Um, we all got kicked off the, the, the brand, um, wow. all of us creatives. It was, it was a disaster, but um, you know, we uh, it's funny. They put a whole new creative team on it. And the very first thing they did was cut out that white background and they made it like in store like yeah and i was like i couldn't even be mad i was like as long as you did it and pulled it off i wish i could have been a part of it but yeah that one will always haunt me man i always think about that whenever i see anything shot on white these days like kfc does it now and arby's does it yeah what are you doing but it might just be a pet peeve at this point
0: <laughs> it's a soft spot yeah. <laughs> so all of the quickie podcast marketing now is going to be shot with white backgrounds right. <laughs> Yeah, just to see everybody's doing it. it's a thing now
1: yeah yeah it's like i guess like they thought the pizza hut could be like apple or something yeah i'm like no it's just a greasy Why? pizza. It's a, pi-
0: it's a pizza brand yeah like if you were to describe a pizza joint as the apple of pizza like Does that sound like a place you want to go?
1: Oh, it sounds horrible, man.
0: Yeah. Sounds awful.
1: I wish you would have been there, dude. I wish you would have had my back.
0: Yeah, I would have backed you up for sure. My dude. You need that throwback. Oh, man. So last question uh, into the tough stuff, and then we'll turn this bus around and we'll wrap up with some happy stuff. Sure. Um, Alex, what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now?
1: Uh, (laughs) It's a brutal question, man. Um, it's really like <laughs> <I> self-reflecting. <know>. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I'm real. I'm really lucky. I think to be where I am right now, things have really like taken a turn for the best. I mean, mm-hmm. you just heard my awful advertising experience. Yeah, um, but things have really turned. It's very positive. And right now, what I'm noticing is I kind of I've escaped the clutches of advertising. And now all I want to do is just make stuff like I've, I've been unleashed from the chains (laughs) and I'm like, let's make cool shit. Like that's all I want to do right now. And I get, I get that satisfaction with liquid death, but now it's also like, you know, I want to do this and that and that. And then I hear about some cool projects and I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do this. Um, And it's like, there's no time. (laughs) There's no time in the day to do all these things. Yeah. And that's like, I'm struggling with that because I want to do a lot of stuff right now because um, I've had years of not being able to do it. And yeah. luckily, I, I have, I mean, I work a lot right now with Liquid Death and my the studio business, which I started during COVID um, just to like, it was a great moment to just do a bunch of other cool work that was coming in. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've run out of hours.
0: Turn yep. <laughs> so many hard. hours
1: yeah and like you know i mean it's not like a struggle struggle but it's like it's not as bad as other people's struggles yeah. man i feel like i've struggled for a while and i finally hit a point where i'm like all right That's things are all right seem... right now
0: yeah yeah so, for sure i hear you there yeah <laughs> all right alex i'm going to turn this bus around for you i want to now hear about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of one that just makes your heart sing
1: man it's gotta be the ar stuff dude i mean like it it goes back to like just making stuff that's cool that was my first moment you know after leaving new york where i was where i was working you know 40 hours a week max and that was the first time where i really got to explore like what is what am i doing like what is cool what do i like and like i the augmented reality so i've i've I think I've said already, but like, I've loved digital experiences Mm -hmm. so much. Um, Like even in advertising, those were my favorite things to do, like making really cool web experiences or like VR experiences. Like that was the things I love. And now that I've been able to be successful with augmented reality and kind of show like, that's the tech side is like a passion of mine. And now that I can mix that with design and, like, create this bizarro, like, AR experiences.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: that's, I'm, like, I'm just so stoked that I have the opportunity to do that stuff. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's cool. it, it really helped out a lot in ways that I did not imagine. I've met some really rad people because of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm I really love all the AR work, so I'm glad that I kind of fell into that.
0: So under that AR sort of design umbrella, is there one or two projects that like really stand out to be like top tier like that was rad?
1: Yeah. I think like the first one that, that I did where, or the first one where I transformed a building yeah. into something else where I did the McDonald's and the McDowell's. Yeah. I was like, actually I don't know if that was the first one I did, but it was like one of the first ones. And that one was like, I was just—I've never seen anything like that, and I feel like I created something that, uh, because in advertising, it's a lot of like you come up with an idea and you're like, oh, somebody else, like Ogilvy did it like ten years ago, or like, <laughs> oh yeah, that was an Apple ad that one time. Yeah. Where this is like, I genuinely had never seen anybody do this, and I think those ones I was the the most happy with. Yeah. Um, and it got a lot of reception for me. Like a lot of people were excited. I mean, that's how the liquid Mm death job came, but it also like, I started doing a lot of AR work in this, in like the big, large tech company space, like consulting work. Mm -hmm. And that really got me excited about the future of AR, which isn't really what I was thinking about. But then after kind of talking with a lot of folks and doing a deep dive on where AR is, I was like, Oh, you know what? (laughs) Someday there's going to be AR glasses someday pretty soon. And, if I can change the building like a McDonald's into whatever I want, then I can change anything into whatever I want. So the world around me doesn't need to be how it looks today. You know, nothing at all. Like a car could be like a banana or a cup could be, uh, like a shoe, you know, or like, those are horrible examples. But if you wanted to live in like Minecraft world, you could, you know, the whole yep. world could look like Minecraft just to you. Yeah. So we're modding the world around us, and that's what really gets me excited. Um, that's cool. With AR. So, that's so,
0: so where can people see those uh, sort of the first few ARs where you turned the KFC and the McDonald's and things? Where can people find that?
1: Yeah, they're all on my Instagram or okay. on my website. I have an AR section on my site that has like all the experiments that I've been messing around with.
0: Cool. Yeah, just awesome. to kind
1: of so- see like what the tech is capable of at this yeah.
0: stage. And I'll put yeah. a link to that down um, in the description of this episode so that people can easily find it. That's cool. cool. Um, Alex, what about books? Have you read anything recently that really stood out to you or you really enjoyed or a blog post or a podcast or, or any sort of advice you received, anything like that?
1: Yeah, I've been, um, this is going to sound really, really lame, but I've been reading this book by Jason Sperling, who is the, He's the head of Facebook, um, their virtual reality. Um, it's like, I think it's all their advertising as well. I think he does the whole damn thing mm-hmm. over there at Facebook. Um, and he's like an old ad guy. He's, he's been doing it for a while. And like, it's not really about advertising because I would never read a book about advertising. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, it's called Creative Directors or Creative Directions or something like that. And it's just all about folks who are at that creative director level where they're kind of not making the work anymore Mm -hmm. and just explaining what, what that shift was like from being a creator and a creative Mm -hmm. to um, being more of a manager and what that role is like delegating and your and how not to lose the creative and the spark behind it Mm -hmm. when you've reached a leadership level, which is all about going to meetings and, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. it's really interesting insights and there's a lot of interviews with like even like directors, like film directors and um, you know, head of like Uber and all these different places, not just advertising. Mm-hmm. It just kind of talks about their perspective on what that shift was like. Um cuz I I've, I've done it already and yeah. I didn't feel like I did a good job at it um doing that shift because i always mm. want to make stuff so it's kind of like how do you not lose that thing uh that's, that's cool really I, good read.
0: i've interviewed actually a number of people on the show here who have made that transition as well and some of the best designers who like like getting into the programs and making things look incredible some of the best designers really struggle with it with that transition from you know being in the work and creating it to, you know, being that manager role and and directing it more than, within than creating. And it's a lot of them struggle.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're not prepared for, and we didn't go to school for that. Nope. There's no class that (laughs) that you take before you go into creative direction, Mm -hmm. like how to become a manager and like, kind of like a, a people kind of managing people role. So it's totally alien to us. So you kind of just got to dive in and figure it out. And a lot of people don't succeed, but like you can't blame them because like that's not we're we're creative people who just have to make some good stuff and now we've been promoted. So it's um it's really interesting. I know a lot of folks who just don't do it and they just stay like right below that Mm -hmm. and just hang out. Um, yeah. Maybe that's the move.
0: Maybe maybe that's the move. Awesome. So the next one's just a little bit of a fun question, Alex, but I want to hear your best joke, man. You got some good jokes. I'm always looking for some good stuff.
1: Dude, that's a crazy question. (laughs) Um, uh, No, man, I don't really like have jokes on hand. I've got more of like uh, in the moment.
0: No jokes on tap.
1: Um, No, dude, if you want to see my jokes, dude, just look at the liquid dust stuff. (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's the the kind of jokes jokes. that like brand jokes love (laughs) it (laughs) yeah awesome well alex let's wrap this up with the ask it forward question this is where i have a question for you from my last guest and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest i'm not going to tell you who they are but you can ask them anything so my last guest was karina daniluk out of Kelowna, british columbia Um, lead designer at a app startup right now, also did uh, 12 years at Disney. She's been in that UI UX game for a long time, cranking some awesome stuff out. And she wanted to ask what other areas of the design world are you interested in? So you're big into digital and that digital ad space. Is there anything else that's not in that area? Maybe you're maybe you're a painter. Maybe you love you know sculpting and making pottery what do you what are you interested in
1: yeah well i i I'm really interested in um concept art, so I have a ton of books just scattered around
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, my in the studio right now that are all concept art, and it's like you know a new movie will come out you know I think we've all seen this it would be like star wars the all the concept art that was the storyboards and like the character creation and like how that came to be, mm-hmm. and like I always think that the concept art always like in way more interesting to look at than the final result, mm-hmm. um, just because that's like a couple people's imagination just going wild, and then they kind of yeah. dial it in a to be realistic.
0: Yeah, dial it in. How can we market this?
1: <laughs> right, or just <laughs> like, oh yeah, if we actually built this set, it'd be like a billion dollars. <laughs> like, let's bring yeah. it in. So. I, I, yeah, I love that stuff. Concept art is amazing for video games and movies. Um, it's, it's so crazy. Dude, that's like, that's some art right there.
0: That's cool. (laughs) Love that one, man. So Alex, then what is your ask it forward question for my next guest?
1: Yeah, I put some thought into this one a little bit. Because this is a question that I would always ask myself in those advertising days. I thought, is is
0: it? Would you murder your thirst?
1: <laughs>
0: right. Is that the question? Yeah, that's
1: the second question. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh. So I always struggled with this. Like, am, do I consider what I'm doing on my like daily work hmm. is this art or is this craft? And also, what distinguishes the two when it comes to you know, working for a client or, you know, when it's not just you crushing it by mm-hmm. yourself, just making something you'd love, you know, when you're like in it, in the, in a, you know, working on a client or something that's not out of your brain, like, is that art yeah. or is that craft?
0: So do you want me to ask them, do they create art or is it craft? Yeah. And what was the second part of that? Cause you had a second part of that.
1: Did I? I can.
0: Um, or just like when you you were talking about when they're in it with the client, how do they talk to the client about that?
1: Oh, more not as much. It's more like how do they talk to themselves about that? Like mm. for me, I was always struggling with like, I. It was easier for me to get through the day if I was like, "This is an art. I'm just doing a thing. I'm just <laughs> I'm just yeah. using my skills to just make yeah. is it art a thing." Is it craft? And that's kind of how I was able to get through a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Because if for me, if I ever thought it was art or I was, you know, I was way more hard on myself. Yep. You know, and it's also more subjective, I think. Whereas, like, if I'm doing work for somebody else, I can kind of hone in and be like, this is what they want. Yep. This is more my craft coming through. Yep. um, For me. But I was wondering if other people think, like, oh, I am making art for uh, Pepsi. this is art
0: yeah yeah. okay so do they make art or is it craft and how do they distinguish between the two
1: yeah oh that Uh, sounds way better than what i said i dig it yeah
0: awesome alex with that you've reached the end of the quickie podcast man thank you so much for being my guest today this has been awesome
1: appreciate it man yeah i've had a lot of fun thanks for having me on dude
0: All right, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you everybody so much for listening. If you're digging what you're hearing here on the Quickie Podcast, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening and leave a rating and a review. They make me smile, they make us laugh and actually an angel gets its wings every time you leave a review. Thanks so much and we'll see you guys next week.